You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to a bonus episode of Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Doing uh, not too bad, Mark. How about yourself? Good, good. We've had a good week here. We're getting ready for the holiday season. Uh, let's see. By the time you listen to this, it will be Christmas Eve. So Santa Claus is yeah. coming. Oh, I... Uh... I listened to your uh, your podcast about the Star Wars, uh, the Rise of uh, the Skywalkers or something to me. Yeah, yeah, Skywalkers it, Rise Up. Yeah, it sounded like uh, you weren't uh, especially happy about it. No, it's, you know, it it's, it's lucky you're not a Star Wars fan because everything surrounding all the movies is all bullshit now. Like, I mean, the fan base, every side of it, whether you like the movies or don't like the movies or you like this movie or you don't like that movie, it's all bullshit. The arguments that they have are all bullshit. The, uh, the movies are all bullshit. It's all fan service shit or someone's weird interpretation of, Hey, let's try to make star Wars this. And like rogue one is just completely miserable. <laughs> like it's just a miserable film. And, <laughs> Uh, the last. See, I heard about like. See, I I, I do kind of keep track of Star Wars just you know to see what's to see if it sounds like it's improved, which uh, it never has. Mm-hmm. Like I heard like a lot of people like talk about like the uh, the Darth Vader cameo at the end of uh, Rogue One, and they go like, "Oh, it's like the coolest thing ever." And I saw it, and uh, it wasn't that great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine, I guess, but it's like and the space. But, I mean, I've seen Darth Vader in like a hundred video games since mm-hmm. you know Star Wars because I do like the games, exactly. and he's way more powerful than that in the games. It's like, oh, okay, he's not as good as he has been shown. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. It's like, okay, the other thing, the other weird thing about that is, so like he's kind of being like a badass, like he forces someone up onto the wall and then like fucking cuts them in half as he's walking by. He's m- just murdering, like waylaying all these. Um, these rebels, but this movie takes place literally like 30 minutes before the beginning of a new hope. And then later, yes, yes. later that day, he has the most pedestrian lightsaber fight with Obi-Wan. Yeah. And then another part is, uh, cause he's got to be like, what it is like 40 or actually, I guess, huh? I guess technically the, the actor who plays Darth Vader, looks like he's in his forties or fifties. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you think about it, like, I don't know how old because they they show Anakin in uh, the Revenge of the Sith, maybe like where yeah. he like you know knocks up uh, Natalie Portman, yeah. and he's like got to be like what twenty, so twenty, and then Luke Skywalker is like so he's like three, <laughs> he's a year younger than I am. Yeah, I mean the character, but the guy who plays it looks like he's like in his fifties. Yeah, it's weird. The whole thing's weird, and and somehow I mean, even at our age, I mean, you're already losing steam. I mean, you're probably the most powerful when you're like the Anakin. I mean, we know the Force doesn't preserve or make you stronger because look at the Emperor; he looks like a piece of shit. Oh God, yeah, he's, he looks like he fell uh, fingers first into something. It's, it's, yeah, like it, like, he looked like vibrant and like the Phantom Menace and that kind of stuff, you know. But right. like, he just looks like oh my God. Yeah, you know, it's the whole but the whole thing's weird, and like you and McGregor somehow goes from looking like you and McGregor right now to uh, Alec Guinness in the span of like 20 years. He like ages 50 yeah, but, years. 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of happy that they're working on this aging technology because it always that always is like the dumbest thing ever. Like you, I mean, unless like uh, I think the only really good example of that was Morgan Freeman and um, the Shawshank Redemption. Like he actually had a son who looks a good deal yes. like him, you know, as his younger version. But it's like, oh, okay. But uh, but I mean, yeah, it's it's just distracting. I mean, obviously you have to suspend belief, but I I just hate that. That's so dumb. Maybe we'll get the aging technology down where it won't look like uh, you're we're watching a nightmare, and then uh, you know you'll be able to actually age people and have the same actor play the same role. Yeah, seriously. Or you can be uh, Richard Linklater, just like follow some kid around for ten years. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that movie, ugh, that Boyhood. It's not a good movie either, but um. No, I was listening to Red Letter Media uh, today. They did their they uh, this morning. They released their review on the rise of Skywalker, and they said, "Can't remember which one it was. It might have been Mike." Said that um, basically George Lucas is like the, the second luckiest person in Hollywood ever because that that first movie, A New Hope, was basically saved by editing and and turned into a good movie and the empire strikes back is the linchpin upon which all the other star Wars saga, uh, hangs because Irving Kirshner directed that and Lawrence Kasdan wrote a great script and it's probably objectively, at least, you know, from a critical standpoint, when you look at, you know, the actual like visual, visual storytelling, how it's written, all that stuff. It's Yeah, I think that's easily the best movie. Of, I've seen the original trilogy and I've seen the... Um, the prequels. The prequels. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the new ones that I just have no interest in. From what I've heard, like the first one is just basically like, it, you yourself said it's like a reboot of uh, it is. the first Star Wars movie. Yep, it is basically dumb. is exactly that. It's like a almost beat for beat remake of... So, of so the I like the one. lightsaber fights in the prequels. Those are pretty sweet. Like Darth Maul is probably one of my favorite like lightsaber fights you ever see. But then again, you don't really see a lot of good ones. Yeah. But also, the opening sequence is really cool when they're like actually using the force or like pushing the robots out of the way and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and the the music like the du- duels of the fates. Uh, where, yeah, yeah, that was uh, excellent. Yeah, that might be the best music John Williams has ever written. It's it's fantastic. It is that I've heard. Yeah. But yeah, so. Like, I think it's a really good point because that movie was the only one that was really like, if you look at it very objectively, that movie's basically the only one that was really competently made and could like be considered objectively a good movie. And all the rest of the movies <laughs> hang on, hang on that. The fact that that was a good movie. And like, if you took away the Empire Strikes Back and made a worse movie as the second movie, <clears throat> then the entire saga falls down. And that could honestly be accurate. Yeah, like I've been saying for years, it's uh, not that good, and it's nostalgia that makes people want to watch it. I will say I like The Mandalorian, and I like The Mandalorian because it's it's a story that takes place in the universe of Star Wars, so there are th- some things around, like, you know, there are some stormtroopers every once in a while. Yeah, see, I'm fine with that. Like, like much with like the new Watchmen uh, series that I at first hated, but actually mm-hmm. really ended up liking. Like, I mean, I, it's okay. I don't mind if you play the same universe. Just tell a different story. Don't yep. tell the same thing over and over. And you know, and don't uh, what the dialogue is so bad in Star Wars. It's like the it's like it's like Rob Zombie level bad. I mean, it's like, but you're my brother. I mean, it's like it's it's just not good. I mean, it's. And I, I know this is dumb, but I, I hate movies where they don't swear because it just seems very unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're cutting people's limbs off and stuff. It's like, oh, darn it. It's like, I don't think that's what I'd say. 
Yeah, it's the again probably the only really well written Star Wars film is Empire Strikes Back. The rest of them, I totally agree. And this one too, uh, the dialogue, especially in the new one, was not good. I mean, like even I, and I'm fairly forgiving of, uh, despite what you hear on this podcast, I'm fairly forgiving usually in my personal life of most movies, but. Even I was like, ugh, ugh, this is this dialogue is so wooden, terrible. Yeah, I'm fine with a uh, suspension of disbelief. I'm not fine with suspension of logic, though. Yeah, like when like people like if you make rules like for your universe, like you know, be with them consistently. Like really, the whole uh, the whole. I mean, and again, I'm I've never been a big fan of them. So I mean, you know, take this as you will. But like you, the Phantom Menace alone ruined the entire series because they they change it from being like this cool like quasi mystical religion, you know, that you had to focus on and you know you know become better at. And then it's just like something in your blood, which makes no sense because what did Luke Skywalker like suddenly have more metachlorines in his blood and was then able to lift up the uh, spaceship thing? Yeah, I know. I I hate that as well. Maybe maybe he was getting the uh, metachlorines out of yoga somehow, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but that's the that's the that's one of the worst things about the prequels, and like you know, like little things that they, that they did that ruined things like, like Yoda using a lightsaber, like that betrays his entire character. Like the whole yeah, reason that, that in, was stupid. The whole reason in empire strikes back that it's like, it's surprising and that why he acts like this weird, like creature or whatever. But the whole thing that's surprising about it is because you would think, or, you know, Luke has this, this preconception that a great yeah, Jedi, Jedi warrior Master, is some yeah. like big, you know, strong guy. And it's like, no, it can be, it can come in any package, you know, because like you said, it was more about almost like Buddhist, uh, Buddhist, like it's more about like, it was definitely like a very Taoism type, you know, you have, you're in control of the force or you're, you know, aligned to a certain thing. I mean, the concept of it is interesting, but I never liked the PG slash G rated like world. They gave the characters to explore. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you, I mean, if, I mean, if you gave, Sam Peckinpah, you know, a chance to direct a Star Wars movie and write the script. That would be a movie I'd like to see. It would be interesting for sure. You know, I mean, I what, can't you said the Mandal- didn't you say that I've heard the Mandalorian is like kind of like a more like a Western, which I'm a fan yes. of Westerns and I wouldn't mind a sci-fi Western, but just the whole Star Wars thing just gives me a bad taste. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if I hear a lot of really rave reviews, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, it's got, you should eventually at some point give it a shot. It's got, it's got a lot of Western motifs to it. There, there are a lot of. I like I like Pedro Pascal a lot. Yeah, and he's yeah he's very good in it. Um, I was gonna say when you talk about uh, Peck and Paw, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, David Lynch almost directed. Yeah, I was gonna say he almost directed the Empire Strikes Back. What didn't he? Return of the Jedi. Oh, was it? It's so oh, that funny. Been it's so funny listening to David Lynch tell the story because George Lucas comes in and kind of like they have lunch and he explains to him and he's like, uh, David Lynch is like, after a while, you know, he's like, uh, I just got, I just had a headache. I'm like, George, I, I gotta, I gotta go back to my, uh, to my hotel room. I just got a headache. I, I did Wookiees and, and, and little, little bears running around. He's <laughs> like, I don't understand any of this. He's like, none of this makes sense. It's just, it's so funny. Hearing him yeah. tell the story is hilarious. Yeah, I'll have to check into that because, uh, what's interesting about David Lynch is, uh, I don't think I've ever seen any of his movies. 
Um, but I did see like a movie by his daughter, and it was a really interesting movie. Um, I cannot remember the name of it, uh, but it's like these two like FBI agents are actually like serial killers. Oh, are you familiar with this movie? Um, I it was a really it was so. it was like at the beginning of at the beginning of the movie. There's like a car accident, and then like uh, you know they show up to investigate, but it turns out like they had actually caused the uh, accident because they're just going around like spree killing people. It's it's a really really interesting movie. Oh, and it's really it well done. Sounds familiar. Oh, hmm. Uh, I know she did that movie, Boxing Helena. I think that was the first movie that I've she never did. seen that, but isn't that what I think that's where um, uh, who was it? Uh, Nicole Kidman like had to like pay money because she dropped out of the uh, project. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, uh, from what I understand, it's a, basically the entire movie is uh, cutting a woman up and putting her into a box. What boxing, Helena? Yeah, like it's literally like they're putting her into a box. Basically, yeah. Oh, it's called Surveillance. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I like David Lynch. Um, his movies obviously are strange. Um, but uh, and- I like that sequence from uh, Mulholland Drive where like the guy's describing his dream and then he like, goes outside. Yeah. Like. I guess if you watch the movie, it must really pull you in because it just did not like it wasn't even a little scary to me at all. It was just really weird. Yeah, he so, you know, I, I like I saw Eraserhead, which is I believe that's his first film. I it, it might even be a student film. It's, you know, obviously it's strange, but it's and I don't understand a ton about it, but I do like it. Um, and then Lost Highway is probably my favorite movie of his. Um, I, I didn't watch a lot of Twin Peaks, um, and I honestly didn't love Dune, but um, you know the rest. The rest of the movies, like I, because I've seen Mulholland Drive, I've seen uh, Blue Velvet, I've seen Wild at Heart. So, um, you know, I like uh, I like a lot of the stuff that he does, but he's definitely, you know, he's not. You wouldn't think of him as a Star Wars director. <laughs> I don't right. know if George Lucas was just like kind of bu- buddies with him or something. Um, and that's so maybe why he wanted to be more commercial or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know it was George Lucas's idea. And like George came to him with the, like the proposal and David Lynch basically said like, he, you know, he got a headache and he basically was like, no, I'm not going to do this. Right. Cause he wanted, originally he wanted Spielberg to direct it, but then Spielberg couldn't for some reason, I think it was like a director's guild thing or, Something there was some weird reason that he didn't, couldn't do didn't it. like George Lucas have to leave the Directors Guild or something over Star Wars. Yeah, well, one of the things too, and and honestly, I, I guess this is maybe the best thing George Lucas did. Um, I, I'm sure you'll remember when we were kids and, and everything, and you know, even kind of into the 90s. Uh, it used to be for for you younger kids, it used to be that all the credits played at the beginning. Like, it wasn't just like, hey, here's the title of the movie. This is who wrote it. This is who directed it. Here's, like, the top three stars in it or whatever. Now let's get on to the movie. Like, every credit, every actor, the the editors, the best boy, key grip, all that shit, all played over the beginning of the movie. And there'd always be, you know, the, the thing was is uh, they'd, they'd make some kind of animated sequence or some kind of long driving sequence to set to music or something like that so they could go through the whole credits and everything. And it was like, you had to wait, you know, several minutes before the movie actually started. George Lucas 
change that. And it was against the director's guild. It was against like the code. They're like, you can't not put the credits at the beginning. He's like, fuck it. I'm not doing it. And so he's like, I don't want any credits to, to, you know, go through the beginning of this film. So like all Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. He doesn't, movies. he doesn't want a bunch of long, boring texts at the beginning of a movie. <laughs> The uh, the the uh, taxation of trade routes to the outlying star systems <laughs> are in uh, dispute, but um, yeah. So so he basically changed that, and like eventually they, and I think that's why he got kicked out of the director's guild. And then eventually they changed um, the the rules, and he he's like, oh yeah, that's better. Yeah, and the, and now all the credits are uh, you know obviously at the end. And then Marvel makes you sit through all the credits at the end of the movie to see, I wouldn't you know. know, to see fucking J.K. Simmons say, uh, you know, hey, that's Spider-Man. Hey, look at that guy. He's a spider and a man at the same time. <laughs> My favorite thing is when you're watching Cable and just how quickly they rush through the credits at the end. Oh, yeah. It's like ridiculous. It's like, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, it go, it go. It seriously, the all the credits, every credit goes by in about 10 seconds. Yeah, it's like the uh, the warnings for like a per- new prescription pill. Mm-hmm. Like at the very end, it's like, oh, by the way, it may cause your balls fall. <laughs> may cause anal bleeding, uh, uh, stomach cancer, and uh, spine compression. Dissolving from the inside headaches. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, we're, we're not here to talk about Star Wars again, but yeah. I think this one is actually spoiler-free, um, so that's good, I guess. I guess it's true, yeah. We, we basically had a spoiler-free discussion about the disappointing the rise of skywalker but honestly i really didn't expect much more from it and i'm happy to hear that this completely ruined the rest of the franchise for you i think Um, that's kind of what i was hoping would happen i think they're pretty much done too at least that's what robert Iger said to the board of directors with the skywalkers at least yeah well they're done with the movies for a while that the the they're gonna do a Obi Wan thing, but that's. Oh, I also thought some good. people were. I thought some people were writing scripts for like different like trilogies. Yeah, but I I think it's gonna be like like twenty twenty three or something like that. Oh. Uh, uh, so for you know like three years. So it's like one. It's like yeah, it's like one extra year than normal, I guess. Right. So like for three years we'll have we'll have a break. They're gonna do an Obi Wan thing on Disney Plus. They've got the Mandalorian, which like I said is good. And if they do something interesting with Obi Wan. Maybe I'll watch it. That's the one everyone's like, oh, we want to see that. We want to see that. And the reason they want to see that is because you and McGregor's, you know, really good. That's the thing is, and that's another thing too, real quick, before we get to what, we, what we're actually t- here to talk about. Um, outside of The Empire Strikes Back, the only thing that people ever point out about, oh, I like this about this or I like this. So like the prequels, it's Ian McDermott as the Emperor and Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Because they're both outstanding actors. At least Ewan McGregor is definitely an outstanding actor. Ian McDermott is definitely outstanding as the Emperor. I haven't really. That's s- a that's a weird choice. I think. What what which one? Uh, Ian. Uh, is this the guy I'm thinking of? Is this the guy from Deadwood? I don't know. He's. I. I know he plays the Emperor. I don't. I don't know. I don't know anything. Oh, oh, he's, oh you know, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Ian McShane. Never mind. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, oh. that guy is a really weird, would be a really odd choice. But yeah, they, if it's an original guy, then yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so they, they love the, they love, you know, the Emperor. They love Ewan McGregor. And like with the new movies, they love uh, Adam Driver. And Adam Driver is a fantastic actor. 
Um, and like maybe the best character and best actor they've ever had in this series. Although for the most part, it's been wasted. <laughs> what about uh, Billy D. Williams as Lando Carroll Calrissian? Yeah, Billy D. Billy D. Williams is fun. Um, and his character is fun. I don't. I wouldn't call him a great actor, but and he. Well, I, I meant like best character. Like yeah. he switches shirts for some reason. That's uh, never explained when they're in the uh, the ship. <laughs> It's so weird because he's just he's just dressed in Han's clothes. It's so fucking weird. It's a very odd, uh, odd scenario going there. It's like they and by the way, like so Han got carbonated in his clothes. Um, and then it's like there's just like an extra set of Han clothes just laying around. And he, it's like, well, to be fair, he wears the same outfit all the time. Right. It's it's like he just has like 15 uh, copies of that outfit for some reason. Pretty much. He's like a cartoon. He's like the Steve Jobs of the uh, Star Wars universe. He just exactly. wears the same shit all the time. Exactly. And also, I'm sure it was easier to sell toys that way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's my so favorite, weird that he's dressed you know, My like favorite that. George Lucas uh, quote is uh, that Star Wars is a uh, children's movie. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, it is, it's, it's basically designed for 12-year-olds. And, you know, when I first saw the movies, the original trilogy... I was around that age and they were good and I liked them. And I think I kind of missed out on them when I was younger. I didn't really watch them until I was like 16 or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd catch glimpses on TV because, you know, it's, you know, permeates, you know, culture. Right. But I think the time I actually sat down and finally watched all the way through, like whoever I was watching was like, you know, bubbling over how good it was. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's there. are They all have problems. Like if I, Everyone, so Return of the Jedi is probably my my personal favorite. It's the first one that I saw. It's the one that, like, that's the one that has nostalgia. I have nostalgia glasses for, for sure. But I watched it again recently, and it's so funny. You totally forget. The beginning of that, of that movie is pretty good, where they rescue Han and they kill Boba Fett and all that stuff, right? And then the ending of it, where they're blowing up the Zest Star, is pretty cool, too. Uh, there's a and middle. Kevin to- Smith said it perfectly, where it's just a bunch of Muppets, right? But there's a there's a middle to the movie too that everyone forgets, and it's so boring and slow, and nothing happens. It's not a well constructed movie in any way. I don't even remember what happens in the middle. Is that where like uh, Luke Skywalker is talking to, like his dad about like his problems or something basically yeah he's like hey dad you know uh why don't you come over here on the uh the light side you know <laughs> you never you never threw me a, a force baseball when i was a kid exactly do this Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah and darth vader's all like oh hey you made a lightsaber that's cool and then uh that's one of those things where it's like then in expanded universe and it becomes canon it's like oh Jedi's make their lightsabers. That's one of their. That's one of the ways they prove that they've like become a Jedi and they finish their training and stuff. They make their own lightsabers. Which also makes no sense, right? Because 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 Darth Vader one time was just like, "Hey, you made a new lightsaber, cool." Because you lost yours because I cut your fucking hand off with it in it. Um, right. But I mean, like, well, just why would they have? Why would they like? Oh, I'm a very spiritual, you know, peaceful, uh, you know, goes with the flow kind of person, and also I am a mechanical genius who can make a crystal into a uh, you know three foot long beam of uh, pure energy. Exactly. Plus, I mean, I don't understand why they ever use a lightsaber. Just like fucking push people around with your mind and shit. Like, I mean, yeah, they're dumb. Just get guns. Guns are better. <laughs> a real human gun in Star. That'd be great. 
Hey, Boba Fett. Yeah, so Sam Peckinpah would be. <laughs> it turns out, it turns out that stormtrooper armor doesn't really hold up very well to uh, human guns. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, like, 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 as far as I mean, I, 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 I can't. And a lot of people say it's a science fiction movie. It's really not. It's, it's not. a fantasy. It's more like a Absolutely. space opera. I think a lot of it was based off like Flash Gordon and that kind of yep. stuff. Yep. Because you know George Lucas just basically ripped off characters he liked and kind of re-skinned them a bit. Yeah, George I mean, Lucas went to the movie theaters when he was a kid and saw like old adventure serials and old Flash Gordon serials and was like, uh, "Hey, you know, let's let's just do that and uh, we'll make Indiana." I think Jones he actually tried sense. to buy the rights to it, but he couldn't afford it. So yeah, he did, it exactly. He tried to buy the rights to Flash Gordon because he wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie, and they said no, and or they said yes, but pay us this much money, and he's like, "I don't, I don't have that." Um, cause I haven't made star Wars yet, you know, so I don't have that money. So then he's just like, okay, well I'll just make, you know, I'll just make up something. And, uh, that's what he did. But, you know, at least with like Indiana Jones, cause, um, you know, they had decent writers and stuff on that. So like Raiders of the Lost Ark and, you know, Last Crusade and everything. They take like the, that, that genre of like adventure serial films and they kind of elevated it. A little bit. Yeah, that, that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't think they're bad movies like I do with Star Wars, the Indiana Jones movies. But I mean, I, I they're fun. You know, they're definitely one you could do. Like, you know, and uh, if you if you're curious, my friend Matt has a uh, figured out a part where you see the monkey's penis in uh, Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark. So uh, I knew it was gonna sit- have to do with someone's cock. Like, yeah, it was a monkey's cock. But yeah, if you uh, if you can text him or like uh, Twitter him, I'll give you all the deets. Yeah. And if you want to see cock, I mean, should now he, so Matt's going to do like a Mr. Skin type thing where it's uh, like Mr. Dong or something like that, where he just uh, starts a, a thing where this is where you see cock in, in every movie. Cause he's obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. He really, he's, it's very weird too, because it, it can't be like deliberate. Like he just, he just hates that. Like it's like, <laughs> he loves it. He loves like a glimpse of like a ball sack or like you know a, a the side of a dick or something. That's really what that's really what he prays. It's so gonna be rapey in a way. It's gonna be non consensual. Yeah, it's gonna be a little sneaky. Uh... Oh my god. Uh, he's never had a girlfriend, has he? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Matt, come on the show and tell us why you love cock so much. Yeah, Matt. I don't think Matt's into dudes, if that's what you're implying. No, I don't think he is either. I mean, I, I spent uh, several days in a car with him. Oh, did you know? I mean, some stuff happened, but not not consensually. Not <laughs> not on purpose. Well, do we know whose idea it was? It was all inadvertent. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, Sorry. you should come on the show because... Uh, he, he doesn't listen to this. I know he doesn't. He don't care. No, he doesn't. That's why we can I, say I whatever to, we want. Re- I offered to record a very quick uh, segment uh, about his ball baggery love, but uh, no, he, he wasn't. Oh, uh, well, everyone find, even though we're not going to tell you any of his information, find Matt online somehow and fucking. If you can somehow him. search, like, if you can somehow search Twitter, which I don't think is possible, he writes a lot of. Uh, <laughs> He writes a lot of tweets about the poor quality of chairs at the uh, library of the city he lives in. What the fuck? 
He just like shits all over their chairs. He's like, oh, this chair. He's like, oh, it'd be much better if we had some comfortable chairs here. <laughs> yeah, because the library's not hemorrhaging enough money as it is. <laughs> which is which is weird because he doesn't read books. I don't know why he's even at the library. Oh my god, he's he has a phone and a computer. He's trolling. Why? why is- I, I really don't know why he's going there. It's, he's there it's, to it's a see mystery. some sneaky. It's like you know how people will draw cocks and stuff like that in books. He's look. He's looking for that. He's flipping through. Actually, something disturbing just occurred to me. What if he's going there for the anonymity of it? Oh god! Like so, whatever he's doing can't be traced back to his uh, personal accounts. Oh my god. Uh, it is a subject uh, we should have explored. It's like uh, the, uh, not the usual suspects. It's like um, Seven. Right. He's, he's using the library uh, system. Right. And uh, he likes cock like uh, Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> not consensually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. Actually, I don't think he likes cock, but uh, no, he does I'm like sure. the non-consensual I... images in video uh, of it. And balls as well. Yeah, I don't know. Well, he's never once mentioned that he accidentally saw a nipple that he was supposed to see. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's never come up. Not once. Do you think he's just comparing? I just think he's excited by the fact that he sees something that he doesn't think he's supposed to see. But I mean, <laughs> it's not—it's like this hasn't been directed and edited, and, you know, viewed thousands of times. They could cut that out if they wanted to. Let me ask you a question. There's a very famous extra at the end of Teen Wolf that is in the stands oh, yeah. and takes his cock out. Now, that's a deliberate action, but it's not supposed to be in the movie. So is that something he'd like? Believe it or not, we've discussed this. Okay. He, I, I think he doesn't like that because uh, it was either, or maybe it was somebody on his uh, his gigantic Reddit thread about accidental balls and dicks. Oh, oh my god! It was either him or someone on there was like saying like, "Well, it's it's not accidental because you know just because they missed it, it was it was still intentional." Like, I think the thing that he likes is that um, if the person, he, he, I guess he thinks that the person doesn't realize that their sack is on TV or something. Okay, so it's but yeah, it so. has to be unintentional from the person. Yeah, but I can't imagine it's unintentional. I mean, how is like like how is anything in a movie that you know the editor didn't see? It's not like they're just glancing at the frames like one one time or anything, you know? Right. Oh, Matt. But yeah, I don't understand. Matt's the best. He's pretty hilarious. Oh God. And uh, City Realist Library, fix your fucking chairs. Yeah. What? What? Li- what? City Library. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Uh, what did you say? I didn't understand. I said, uh, Matt City, he lives in oh, the library. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know you know what library you are. You, you know that your chairs suck. If you're sitting in your library and you're like, yeah, I know, we really cheaped out on these chairs. Fucking pad, pad that shit up. Yeah, have you ever seen that Bill Burr interview with like a, where he like has like a very uncomfortable chair and he just won't shut up about it? Yeah. Yes, I do. That, that's uh, that's like a, that's Matt. Uh, that's Matt at the library. And they go to switch it out, and uh, Bill Burr's like, "What the fuck? Why would you do that? This bit is the only part of this interview that's working." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Imagine if you compared our YouTube uh, search histories and videos liked. It'd be very similar. Yeah, I agree. I think so. However, I wouldn't have all the uh, weird, uh, you know. Oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Hillary Duff uh, views. That's true. 
like her old music videos or something. Honestly, I know oh you won't God. believe this, but to but believe it or not, I don't think I've ever searched Hillary Duff on the internet ever. Never? I don't think so, no. Because oh, I, I can't imagine that's true in any way. Well, during the time that that show was on, I barely used the internet. And, you know, since that show went off the air or whatever, you know, and I stopped watching it or whatever, um, I've, I've like the only time I've ever thought about it is when we're talking. Oh, huh. yeah, I don't know. That's weird. I'm, I'm shocked. I, I guarantee, I definitely have never looked her up on YouTube. I know that. Because uh, YouTube didn't come out to like 2009 or something like that. Five, I think. Oh, was, was it five? Well, I didn't start using it. I could probably, be wrong, yeah. I probably didn't start using it until like 2008 or something like that. You porn came out a, a couple of years later, I believe. Well, I definitely looked her up on that. I mean, I'm not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we haven't even got to our main topic yet. I don't think. Have you? Have so? Real quick, I, I don't think this has actually happened to. To uh, Miss Hillary Duff or Mrs. Uh, whatever hockey player she married. Um, but I know a lot of other celebrities this has happened to. Um, what do you have? You, you have you seen a lot of like leaked images of, um, you know, like the like celebrities. <laughs> celebrities. Fo- More yeah. than I've wanted to. Does does now does Matt like that? Does Matt like uh, does Matt like a, a good uh uh, like iPhone hack, or or is it? I, uh, I believe he did tell me about the fapping uh, a bit. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't, I don't think he's really like a. I mean, he's somebody he likes. Yeah. But like, is there anyone that you've seen and you were like, oh, hey, that's you know, I like that 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 happened, or do you do you usually avoid them because it's somebody's like privacy getting invaded or or what? Um. I- to be to be honest, most of the people who have been like hacked, I'm not really interested in, so I couldn't tell you whether or not I would be if they had had been. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen I've seen pictures before. I think I have tried to look them up a couple of times, but I don't know. I mean, I I kind of this is probably a bad uh, opinion, but I don't really care. I feel that if you're not smart enough to secure your shit properly, then I mean, I mean, it's not my fault your your stuff got hacked. I mean, it's not gonna make it unhacked if I look at it or don't refuse to look at it. Right. I kind of agree. I remember you you steered me to oh what was her name uh Bella something Bella Thorne maybe I don't think so are you we I, were talking I, I don't we were talking I, about I, it on we were talking about it on the show one time because no, no, I, I don't really know who this Bella Thorne person is like I you seem very annoying but I think who you're thinking of is Alexandra Daddario maybe the the girl with the very blue eyes sure. Maybe she I was know. on a. She was on a Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She was on um, uh, that True Detective show in the first season with Woody Harrelson. Okay. Uh, that's the only person I could think of that I would ever mention because I just find her very attractive. Well, there was a no. I, it wasn't like you were like, "Hey, you should check this out because she's hot." It was more like we were talking about it, and it was like a. Story. Oh, maybe, maybe, yeah. I think there was a like a Twitter thing that I read one time, like where she like had said like. Oh, someone threatened to you know release my stuff, so I'm just gonna release it. And yeah, like, and I think I saw it. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe you shouldn't have just because of the uh, quality. <laughs> she was on some show that Ava used to watch when she was. Okay. Yeah, I think she was on some Disney show. They said. Yeah, it's uh, like Shake It Up or something like that. 
I think maybe. I'm not sure. She's like one of those people who are just like obnoxiously bombarded with information about. Like, I think she like she's like dating a woman, but used to date a guy, and uh, there's like drama with that. And just it's like some people like you're just like how much how much do they pay publicists because they're no one cares about this person. It's like that um, that John mm-hmm. Legend's wife lady. It's like I always hear like oh she's a queen. It's like her, first of all her jokes aren't even funny. Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, it's it's like I don't even know what she does. She's a model, really. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I now. What, I what is she modeling? I don't want to set baby fences, fencer masks, baby food. I think. Oh. Now I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound mean. Uh and Chrissy That's Teigen. Good, go ahead, Chrissy Teigen. If you're if you're listening, which of course you're not, but if but if you somehow hear this, I'm sure you're a very nice person and everything. I don't have anything against you, but. She has a weird face. Not like she's ugly, but uh, she's I think it's... got a weird face. And she her face looks like a baby's face. I think she's like half Thai or something like that. And a lot of Thai people do have like wide faces, you know? I mean, it's, yeah. I guess that sounds racist, but it's just, you know, factually accurate from the ones I've seen. But here's the thing is her 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 husband also looks like a little boy. So I guess Yeah, he does he does look like a, he looks like a little boy that just woke up. So I guess it, <laughs> he does. So I guess it works cuz she kind of looks like a baby yeah. and he looks like a little boy. I mean, I think they have a child. I'm guessing the child that looks like a full or adult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a Benjamin Button situation. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't. But yeah, it's like this Bella Thorne person. It's like, I don't think anyone really cares to hear what she has to say, but it's like, you're just like, oh, to be fair, though, I'm always dredging the bottom of the barrel at Yahoo.com. So it's not like I'm getting like, you know, fucking uh, Walter Cronkite, you know, reading stories and shit. (laughs) Could you imagine Bella Thorne today? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's weird. There's really, I mean, I guess local news are kind of like, sort of journalist but there's really not any journalism anymore yeah not not like, still, not like it was and i still feel that they could just do the local news with one person i mean what the fuck mm-hmm. it's not like we think this one person is more knowledgeable about sports than the other than the others he's just reading stats and showing yeah. a highlight clip it should be bella thorne because she yeah. she could be in the category of how do they survive so i know she was in that one yes yeah that yes one how does she TV survive show. Yeah, I know she was in that one TV show. What has she done since? Yeah, like she's just like in magazines, and I don't really even understand what's going on with that. Like yeah. I said, I don't, I don't think that's like a legitimate, like journalistic, like oh my god, Mel Bella Thorne mm-hmm. is whatever. Do you get paid for making the cover of Us Weekly? I doubt it. When they're just talking I doubt they about even like pay your, for their pictures, you know, uh, what's your process? Do you, do you, uh, Bella Thorne says colonics are the way to go. Yeah, I don't understand any of that stuff. It's I mean, very odd to me. she was in that TV show with that Zundaya, Zundaya person. And okay. she's been in, you know, um, uh, the, the guy that sings and Hugh, Hugh Jackman sings and dances while he beats elephants to death. <laughs> the great showman. Movie? Yeah. Yeah, she was in that, and she's in the the Spider Man movies. Uh, yeah, I've heard of this Zendaya lady. Like, I know she's in quite a bit of things. Uh, so I know how she's surviving, but I don't know how Wasn't Bella Thorne is surviving. Wasn't she in that HBO show that was like about like drugs or something like that? I don't know. That Zendaya lady. Maybe. I think she was in the Lion King as well. 
Yeah, I think she's also in that uh, terrible Cats movie that just came out. Oh, my God. That movie looks so dumb. Oh, and, and David Swiss is the star of it. So. Yeah. How could anyone watch? How could anyone get, like, a daily, like, with the CGI and shit from that? Be like, oh, it's going to be a great movie. <laughs> but the thing that made me laugh was, so, uh, obviously. They so- look like neither human or cats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talk about the uncanny. They, they define the uncanny, va- uncanny valley. Yes, they should change the name of the movie to Uncanny Valley. Right, but um, so they were talking about like, oh, Star Wars is a little disappointing. It'll make money, but like, you know, it's a little disappointing because you know it, it debuted and it's only going to make like a hundred and eighty or hundred and ninety million dollars or something like that, right? This fucking Cats movie was made for ninety five million dollars, and you usually double that for marketing. So about a hundred and eighty, hundred ninety million dollars, it made six point five. <laughs> Oh, it's already out. Yeah, it, it they, they threw it. They threw it to the wolves against uh, the new Star Wars movie. Yeah, I, probably just like eh, we can blame Star Wars, I guess. Yeah, because they like I I don't know at what point, but at some point the studio was like, oh yeah, this is not going to work. <laughs> did uh did Kevin Costner direct this? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know who directed it. Just judging by box office returns alone. I mean, I don't like Cats the musical at yes, all. Yes, I hate musicals. I love the animals, Cats, but mm-hmm. musicals are terrible. Yeah, I like Cats too. I like I, you know, like because we we got that new Cat Peaches and um, she's. I don't think I've seen pictures of Peaches yet. Oh, Carol's put some on on Facebook, but I'll uh, I'll put some up there too. Um, Thank sh- you. She. Uh, you know, she's uh, has gotten used to us now and everything has become, uh, you know, a part of the family and everything. She's she's much more comfortable now uh, and everything, which is cool. Um, but kind of like Charles in charge. Exactly. She's part of the family. Exactly. But I love how I love cats indifference. I love how cats are just like, well, I'm just going to do whatever I want because I want to do this. And like, I don't really care what you want. Yeah. Yeah, I love how they'll look you right in the face and just like knock something off <laughs> yes. the table, like right in front of you. Like, fuck you, I don't care. And I can't even get, like, I never get mad at this cat no matter what it does. Because <laughs> it just makes me laugh about how brazenly it doesn't give a fuck. And they, they really, I mean, if you think of it from their perspective, they have like a perfect relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they don't have to do shit, they don't have to hunt, they don't have to, you know, they can just shit wherever they, well, I guess they shit in the same spot, but they don't have to yeah. clean it. Yeah, they can run around at like three in the morning. I mean, they they do what they want. They're having a great time, and you're like they're slaves essentially. Yep, exactly. You're cleaning up their shit, literally. Oh, it's great. But yeah, I'm a big fan of cats. But not the musical Cats or the movie Cats. Or David Swiss. Tom Hooper directed it. By the way, just in case anyone doesn't know, David Swiss is uh, Taylor Swift. We we know what her name is, but David Swiss is what we call her. My, uh, my youngest daughter calls her David Swiss for some reason. Thomas George Hooper, who is a British-Australian film and television That's director. That's a terrible combination. <laughs> so he's having, oh my God, he, like, he oh no, his, there is something weird about his face. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's why he didn't think this looks so bad. Cause it's, oh, geez. it's not as bad as looking in the mirror. <laughs> His, he's got a weird forehead and like just uh, pushed together lips. And I, I don't know, like, 
There's something just really weird going on with this guy's face. Uh, his parents are uh, Richard Hooper. Um, I don't know who the fuck that is. Uh, oh, someone from the BBC. And oh. Meredith Hooper from Adelaide, Australia. Who is a professor, I guess. So good for her. Good for her. But yeah, I've never... Sorry about your son's fucking face. <laughs> Which I haven't seen, but I'm just taking Mark's uh, word oh, for this. Oh, uh, let's see. He's directed... Um, oh, wow. Okay, so here's here's the list of great things he's directed. Uh, Quayside. <laughs> Which is a television series. Biker Grove, but it's spelled B Y K E R. <laughs> Another what? series. EastEnders, which I, I've actually have heard of. Um, yeah, I've heard of that too. Isn't it like one of those long running like soap operas in England or Australia or something? I think it's Australian, I believe. But yeah, it's like it's or maybe it's actually no, it's gotta be because it's EastEnders, it's gotta be British. But yeah, it's one of those like really yeah, long running things. Uh, Love in a Cold Climate. <laughs> Prime Suspect 6, The Last Witness. These are like the worst like TV shows slash movie names I've ever heard of. Okay, wait. He directed that John Adams HBO miniseries. I heard, I've heard that's very good. Yeah, I've heard that was good too. It wasn't, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the actor, but he's a pretty good actor who played John Adams. Oh, Paul Giamatti. Thank you. I would never have thought of that name. He also directed the King's Speech. Uh, I heard that. I heard that was good too. Yeah, Les Misérables, which besides the singing, <laughs> singing was just terrible in that. Uh, the Danish, the Danish Girl. Um, okay, it, so he, he's actually a pretty uh, big director then with all these. Uh, yeah, obviously he does. Um, he does like you know award-winning movies, and also he does musicals as well. Yeah, and his dark so his dark well. materials. He directed two episodes of that television series. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. But it might still be on for all you know. But yeah, it looks like uh, his it looks like his um his career took a turn in 2008 when he directed that HBO miniseries, and then since then he got some some pretty good uh, feature films, and you know did did pretty well. So so nice. yeah, I can see why they thought you know this would be the guy to do it. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just like the CGI, or I don't, know, I don't know. It just looks weird. Yeah, I well, I don't like the I don't like the source material, and well, yeah, I mean, who I mean, who likes uh, you know, musicals? And the CGI looks, I mean, like you said, it's it's fucking horrific. So I don't understand how the uh, dinosaurs in Jurassic Park still look better than like ninety percent of CGI these days. No, nineteen ninety three. I'm guessing he actually just cloned real dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, probably. Probably would have been cheaper back then. For sure. But we are here to talk about... What are we here to talk about? (laughs) I feel we should just like keep pretending we're going to get to the main topic and just never get there. It's a four-hour-long podcast where we just keep saying, so uh, we're going to get to the main topic in one second. But first... uh, Right. Yeah, the uh, the main reason I want to do a special uh, was because of the movie Die Hard, which is uh, one of my favorite movies. Um, I know there's a, some people debate whether or not it's a Christmas movie. That's really not important to me. I mean, I yeah. watch it Christmas Eve every year. It's like uh, the one Christmas tradition I have. It's 
I mean, it's very, it's weird because when you think about it, there's a lot of, uh, like you pointed out that Lethal Weapon also has a Christmas theme to it, which I didn't really yep. remember. Yep. Um, and like, there's a lot of like action movies that like take place during Christmas, which is really weird. Like, I, I wonder if these were made for people who aren't really into celebrating, like you know the, you know the holiday and that sort of thing, and just want something to watch. I mean, Gremlins is also during Christmas, which is very weird. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, Shane, Shane Black, who wrote Lethal Weapon and directed, I think direct, or maybe just wrote it. Um, he's got some weird thing about Christmas. Like every fucking one of his movies takes place around Christmas for some reason. <laughs> But uh Oh, I don't I'm not familiar with his other uh movies. No, uh, he did well he did Iron Man three, which takes place at Christmas. He did um Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, that also takes place around Christmas. He did Yeah, that's uh, a, I really like that movie. That's really good. I'm trying to think what else. He did another one that takes place around Christmas. Oh, a Christmas story. He did no, I'm just joking. Um But yeah, hey have, now my my tradition every year on Christmas Eve is to watch uh Guy Hard, the porn parody. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> There's gotta be right. There's gotta be a porn parody called. I'm sure there must be Guy Hard or something like that. See, I like I like to see really well done porn parodies. That's all I'm asking for. I mean, I'm gonna have to you know see you pretend to like you know basis on something else. So at least do a good job of. It. I yeah, I like I like good titles, good good punny titles stuff for like uh, the devil wears nada. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really... 90% of the time, those are the best parts of these movies. I mean, I don't find that kind of pornography that great. Oh. Like, really produce professional pornography. So, apparently, the porn parody of Die Hard... And I think... You know, tell me what you think after I tell you what the title is. I think my title, Guy Hard, is better. Um, yeah, I'm sure it is. And I have another title that's just kind of weird, but go ahead. The Die Hard porn parody is called Dick Hard. <laughs> Oh, that's, yeah, that's a little too obvious. It's a little on the nose. Come on, guys. What about Dry Nard? Because, <laughs> like, been, you know, you shot all the jizz out of there? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I like that I one. It's a, that's a weird one, I think. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I think, I, I really don't think Die Hard gets enough credit. Like, a lot of people think, of it like, oh, it's a, like, a, you know, it's a, you know, the argument over whether it's a Christmas movie or not. Mm. Um I see. I, look, today I was at the store. Uh, let's see. This is coming out tomorrow, so I can't say what I was getting. But I was at a store. Okay. Because my wife listens to this, and I was getting a gift for her. Gotcha. Um, but one of the items at the store you was like a shirt that said, uh, <laughs> "It was like a Nakatomi uh, Christmas party, 1988." But then under that it says "Die Hard." I'm like, it was perfect up to the Die Hard part because I like the idea that you know. The people just won't realize what it's even referring to, you know? Yeah. But it's like, oh, it's like, ah, Die Hard. It's like, okay, thanks. Thanks for ruining that small pleasure I had there. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally agree with you. I like it when, and I've seen shirts like that where it's more subtle or whatever. It's like, hey, if someone walks, and it's like, and that's the cool thing, too, is if someone if someone knows it, like someone walks by and you're like, hey. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that because like I have a shirt that, that just says it's like the logo from Los Pollos Hermanos from uh, Breaking Bad. Right. It doesn't say like in big letters from Breaking Bad on or anything. So <laughs> right. it's like that's really like my kind of like because I, I usually like to wear like plain like shirts. I don't like logos and stuff. So if I'm wearing a logo, I'm wearing it because I you know I find it funny or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. But yeah. So it's it's like uh. But I mean like it's like you know it's you know. It is or it isn't. It's Schrodinger's uh, Christmas movie. That's really not important. I think I think people often skip. Uh, this is this is an amazing action movie for the genre yeah. of action movie. It, it's it's way near the top. It could I don't know if it's number one, but it's within the top five. In my opinion, 
and I mean, this might sound hyperbolic, but in my opinion, it is, if not 100% nearly a perfect action movie. Yes, it, it, that's, that's a, a, one of its many charming qualities. Is it's, it's, there's not a part you could cut. There's not a thing mm-hmm. you could add that would make it a better movie than I can think of. Yeah. And, and one of the big reasons why, and this is what so many of the sequels get wrong, is it's the vulnerability of, of Bruce Willis that, that makes the movie. Like, I know, like, you know, it's been parodied a thousand times, like him cutting himself on his, you know, cutting his feet and everything on the glass and, and stuff like that. But it's that, I mean, that vulnerability is a big part of it because you really feel like, hey, this guy could get hurt. You know, like he's not, during this time period, because this movie came out in 1987. So during this time period, you have, I believe. or yeah, but, but during this time period, you have like Arnold Schwarzenegger being like indestructible and looking indestructible in, in action movies. Um, uh, Sylvester Stallone, very similarly uh, with like Rambo and, and stuff like that. That's another thing too. In Rambo, you know, Sylvester Stallone's a little leaner, a little thinner, and also it, it has a lot of vulnerability, which they completely get rid of in the other movie. Like, oh uh, yes, the first Rambo movie's like, you know, hey, we would never, we weren't supposed to be over there, and and you know, they threw us to the wolves and and everything, and. And it's terrible, and my, my mind's broken and everything. And, like, the, the colonel and everything, Richard Crenna's all like, uh, you know, oh, you know, Rambo, I feel so bad for you. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you, son. You know, we, we should have never have brought you over there. And then it's like by Rambo 3, it's like uh, Richard Crenna's coming by, and he's like, hey, uh, you know, y- you like war, right? <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you murder a bunch of people? <laughs> why don't you help my buddy uh, Osama bin Laden uh, secure this area? Exactly. And it's just like, it's just like, hey, you know, it's so like they totally get rid of that. And a lot of the diehard sequels get rid of that as well. But, you know, you really you're able to you're able to identify uh, with him because of his vulnerability. And, you know, and, and, you know, like Bruce Willis, you know, obviously actually cares for once in in this movie because this is at the beginning of his career and everything and he's really giving it his all and he's charming and funny and everything while at the same time you know he 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 projects a certain amount of masculinity while also being vulnerable it's a it's a really good performance throughout this entire movie He's a really good substitute for the average Joe. I mean, yeah, he's mm-hmm. a police officer, but he's not like particularly like you know, like you said, like they had you know Arnold Schwarzenegger was like almost like a uh, superhuman with his muscle right. level and that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and he literally plays a cyborg in you know the Terminator. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, but but another thing, and I think it's really this, I, the there's an amazing a series of villains in this movie. It's not just, uh, you know, the late Alan Rickman who is perfect in mm-hmm. his first movie role. Yep. Um, but, but also, I mean, like there's like the tall blonde guy. I mean, there's the, uh, the guy at the desk, the computer tech guy. I mean, there's a bunch of really fun, interesting like villains and you can, they're very likable too. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, Alan Rickman shoots a man in the head for not giving him a, a serial <laughs> number, but you never really, he's, he's charming throughout the entire thing. Even when he's, you know, Bill uh, Clay, the, uh, you know, when he's pretending to be the, um, they just kind of got lost in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this thing here before, but I like, I'm a big fan of tabletop uh, role-playing games. I actually uh, hosted a game uh, that was based on uh, Die Hard, but it's called Try Hard. Okay. And uh, yeah, that was that was one of the fun things. Was like, there's so many different 
villains, you know, you could have like I mean, there's so many that you can just remember, you know, just like you know, like I said, the blonde guy, the uh the Asian guy with like the ponytail. He's in a ton of movies. He's actually a stuntman. I've looked his name up before. I c I can't remember right now, but yeah, it's. I mean, there's just so many memorable characters. I mean, it's it's very lean and it's got a lot. We've, I think we've mentioned this before. It's got a lot of like anti-Japanese '80s sentiment built into it for some reason. It does. Yes. I guess, but it's not. It's a really it's a really weird subtle form of it because like they're basically implying that like uh, uh what's his name uh, Nakatomi bought uh falling water, which right. is ridiculous. I mean, just why would that, why would that ever happen? And transported it all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah to his. To his, uh, his his skyscraper, right? Uh, transported it somehow. It's from I believe Falling Waters in Wisconsin, something like that. I'm not sure. Um, but transported it from there to Los Angeles and up a skyscraper, <laughs> right? And then he just has like this entire like vault full of like you know treasures from like the east and like you know negotiable barrel uh, negotiable bearer bonds. It's mm. it's ridiculous. He's, he's almost again. They like almost like make him a villain, which is really weird because he seems like a really a comp, pardon me, a really accomplished person. Mm-hmm. Like they even showing his resume. Like he went to he went he went to school in the U.S. He's he's not really like I don't even know if he was born in Japan. I think he was actually. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of funny that they. But I mean, yeah, that's that's the weird part. But I mean, like there's you know there's explosions, there's elevators, there's you know. A guy uh, with his, you know, pistol against like these guys with uh, machine guns. There's a lot of memorable lines, like I mean, Yippee Kaye, Welcome to the Party, Pal. Ho ho ho! Now I have a machine gun. Right, Mister. There's a Mister Cowboy. I mean, a lot of people I think look down on the action genre, but when it's executed at such a high level like this, it's an amazing movie. I mean, it's fun. Mm-hmm. There's there's not really a lot of dull parts either. I mean, a lot of movies I feel they like insist upon having like a romantic subplot, which is very rarely, uh, you know, helpful to the plot or the movie. I mean, he's visiting his wife, who he's kind of estranged from, and there are a few, like, small, like, romantic moments, but it's enough to show that he's, like, you know, he cares for his wife. I mean, obviously, that's the whole MacGuffin why he's at the tower in the first place, but it's not like there's, like, a five-minute, you know, scene of them talking about their problems. In fact, they never do that in the Death, in the death Wish, uh, mm-hmm. in the Die Hard movies. Like, at no point do you see him and his wife have, like, a long conversation about all their marital you know problems that they've had since we first see John McClane coming to LA to visit his wife. Yeah, it's just it's there. It's just you know it's it's just a reference point. It's yep. not it's not something that you know you kind of like slide to the side to go into. Exactly, and you know it's it's like you said. I'm not a huge fan of action movies. Uh, I like certain ones, and here's the thing. So, like I always say. Actually, here I have to say this too. I think a lot of the, my fondness for action movies is definitely nostalgia. Like I always accuse everyone of like liking Star Wars because I mean I feel mm-hmm. it's the same thing because I saw a lot of them when I was very young. Yeah, and and the thing is, is like so in action movies, you know, when there's a lot of act, like so let's take Transformers for instance, when there's a lot of action going on. It's like, and I've, I've probably mentioned this before on the podcast, but it's like description in a book. When description's happening in a book, then nothing else is happening. You're basically like, you know, the plot's going, the plot's going. When you stop for description, like a long paragraph of description, then it's just like all the characters are just standing there looking at this thing, basically, and then the plot goes on. In action, it's the same. It's the same thing. A lot of times, when there's a lot of action on the screen, the difference is 
a skilled writer can add in description in just little bits as the plot is going along and skilled directors and writers can do the same thing with action. They can keep, they can keep a movie action packed and, 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 you know, and going at the same time. And that's one of the things that when I really like action movies, that's what they do. And Die Hard does it better than maybe any of them. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's a lot of, like you said, a lot of great lines. We actually even get familiar. I mean, the uh, the building is almost a character in itself. We get familiar with mm-hmm. different parts of it. We go, oh, yeah, we know he can go through here, and then, you know, the guy won't find him. Um, there's a lot of, like, little small parts that are really well done. Like, Robert Davey is one of the FBI agents, and he's, like, just, like, happily, like, trying to snipe people from his helicopter. <laughs> yes. Um. The guy I can't remember his name. The guy who plays like the uh, the asshole friend of uh, his wife, who's like you know trying to negotiate with the terrorist. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of really fun kind of performances in this. Um, I just really like it. I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know when I first. I remember being very young. And I wasn't able to watch it because it said like fuck and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but then like uh, I mean, I watched it when I was young, and I've I've always enjoyed it. It's always been fun. I mean, it's it really is like. I can't really say there's a lot of lulls or boring parts in the movie. I mean, maybe at the very beginning when he's getting to the tower, but even that, it's fun. We have, uh, you know, Argyle, who's like a fun, you know, flashy L.A. type character that, you know, they have in movies. Uh, we hear uh, the classic uh, Christmas and Hollis Queens by Run DMC, which yep. is, you know, probably came out around then. So it's like probably one of the first movies to actually use rap music. Yeah, I I agree. I believe that is that is the case. The movie, of course, a classic song, you know. The movie was written by so now here I think this is one of the reasons why why this works so well is the movie was written by uh Stephen E D'Souza and um uh Jeb uh uh Stewart Jeb Stewart. Stewart yeah and Stephen E D'Souza wrote um 48 hours which is another uh you know that's one of those ones that's I think it's like hit and miss with people but I I I I happen, to, I happen to enjoy it and it's uh it's you know it's like a comedy action movie uh yeah i don't know why they never re i'm surprised they haven't rebooted 48 hours or did they try i don't think so i don't think that's i think that's one they haven't done anything with yet well maybe maybe eddie murphy has some ownership or something and doesn't want oh i would say he doesn't want to ruin it but he did do like three nutty professors (laughs) right but he also wrote uh commando uh the running man I was oh my god! I was gonna say Commando. We should we should watch that like for like you know. Uh, oh yeah, I'll do a commentary of things. Commando for sure. I don't mean necessarily like commentary. I mean if you want, we could. But it, that's a, such a fun, ridiculous movie. Oh, just to do like to to review it? Yeah, I'll, I'll watch yeah, like that. for a dumpster, not di- diving, but the opposite of diving, like a, right. a highlight. I guess I don't I don't yeah. know what we're calling that segment. So whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, we could do a commentary if you want, but I mean, it's just like a you know an hour and a half, two hour movie, something like that. But I mean, it's up to you. But yeah, I think we should talk about it because that's a very fun. You know what else he wrote too? What's that? And I like the running man a lot too. Hudson Hawk. Oh, that's not good. And Beverly Hills Cop three, and Street and that Fighter. That one wasn't great. Oh, that was a little bad. And so, yeah, he, like his career took a little bit of a dip. Uh, he did do Judge Dredd, the original, well, not the original, but yeah, the Judge Dredd with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. I, re- I really like The Running Man a lot, too. So, I mean, I mean that makes sense that yeah. he would make, you know, at least those two. But, yeah, the rest of the, the end, of, that falls off very sharply at the end. Oh, yeah. But uh, now this Jeb Stewart, he did. He was a Civil War general. 
Right? Yeah. What's funny is I was actually making a, I was making a joke about the Civil War general, but I'm like, oh wait, that's right. There actually is a guy in Hollywood with the same name. Like yep. I kind of realized that right when you you agreed with me. Like, oh okay, yeah, that's what I meant. I think they did they. Is it spelled the same? I can't remember. I think it's his the the Hollywood guy is just Jeb J E B, whereas like you said, well, yeah. the general was like a, an acronym for something that I don't. Yeah, but I mean, besides that, I think the Stewart's different too. Maybe not, but I. I, I, I think the Hollywood guy is S T U A R T, and it might be S T E W A R T. But I, I assume his his parents were making a joke or a reference to that, which is hilarious in my idea. Oh, no, it is spelled the same way. I mean, obviously the J-E-B is not spelled the same way, but the last name is spelled the same way. Okay, is it the same guy? (laughs) I don't think so, Ivy. This one was born in 1833 (laughs) and died during the Civil War, so... But if it weren't for that. Yeah. James Ewell Brown Jeb Stewart. But, uh, But, yeah. And then later he wrote Die Hard. Um... Nice. But no, I think I think John McTiernan is a big uh, a big part of the reason why this also is as successful as it is because John McTiernan, you know, he directed Predator as well. Um, yeah, that's another movie that's fun, but I don't, I don't see. I I don't know that I can ever tell if Predator is a good movie because, because of the nostalgia. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it holds up. I mean, it doesn't seem like a terrible movie. I mean, it's like. Commando has some of the weirdest lives in it, like mm-hmm. of all time. Like I think Commando and the Running Man, which my friend Matt doesn't like, uh, but what does he know? He's fucking staring at balls all day. Um, but I think <laughs> I think that's a def- that that's like the first. Uh, I think it's the first Schwarzenegger movie I ever saw was uh, the Running Man, and I like the format. Like mm-hmm. as we all know, I'm a big fan of uh, murder game shows. Yep. Yeah, we talked about that on an episode once. Yeah, it was a whole episode about murder uh, game shows. But. Um... What was I going to say? Oh, the, the biggest mistake that Predator made. Uh, pretty, I mean, like I, I think Predator is, is a good movie, too. Uh, but I think the mistake they, they made, and you can tell it was tacked on by the studio before they released it, is showing the alien ship at the beginning. Because Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of that. But I mean, I guess I, I think it's probably necessary because some people probably wouldn't understand that it's an alien. I mean, that's just you know how some people are. Yeah, unfortunately, I think the studio was like, well, you know, you got to you got to to the lowest common denominator. But I think it would have been so much better if it's like they're in the jungle and then something's out there and they don't know what it is at first, because the rest of the movie is 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 presented like that, where at first, like we would like them not know what's going on. We'd be like, "Okay, so there's somebody out there. You know, like, like in um, like in the thing. I mean, yeah. we eventually realize it's. I mean, maybe you could find a crash ship or something later. I mean, right? But, yeah, I guess they could, I guess they could have put that in a different part. I think they would have had to, you know, very uh, obviously show it's an alien at some point, or some people wouldn't have gotten it. But yeah, yeah I, I agree. They could have done that. That would have been. That's actually a much better movie. Well, not better, but I like the sequence a lot better if you find that out at the end. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, because it starts out where you're like, okay, it's, it's an action movie and everything. And it's like when you find out it's an alien, it's like, oh, my God, this, so, this is something totally different. You know, and it's like I, I like that uh, that aspect of it. And because I've 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 had people watch the movie with me before on DVD or whatever. And I've always because that part's right at the beginning, like right at the credits. Uh, I almost always just go right to the first scene with uh with Schwarzenegger and everything and, and cut that part out uh, for nice. people that have never seen it. And their reaction is like when they figure out it's an alien, they're like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like, 
It's awesome. Nice. Yeah, speaking of uh, uh, <laughs> speaking of Schwarzenegger, uh, my friend Matt, the uh, you know the meat gazer, mm-hmm. um, he, uh, he 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 pointed something out to me that's hilarious. Because uh, I guess uh, he was listening to a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who did like a commentary on it. And the commentary he said it was just him literally describing what's happening on scene. Oh yeah, uh, Terminator Three, I think, Rise of the Machines. And I think he said he saw it on uh, Judgment Day, but yeah. It was, oh maybe. But and, but then I saw I saw a um a thing where it was like it was like a people talk about their careers and like their iconic most iconic characters, and it was him, and he was literally just describing what was like I thought he was exaggerating <laughs> when he said he did that, but he was just literally describing what happened on screen. Yeah. It was the most ridiculous. It was hilarious. Like I'm watching it, like. He's only saying what's happening. He's not. Well, he's not saying, "Oh, that guy was an amazing actor." He, we found him, you know, in a small theater in uh, Wisconsin mm-hmm. when he was doing. Is is so like, you know, he doesn't. He seems like he doesn't really know who the other people are for the right. most part. So in this like, like, in this scene, I'm upset because my glasses got to, got ruined. Yes, like you think he like the guy from the guy who played the predator. He just says, "Oh, it was like some seven foot tall basketball player." <laughs> I don't think he was a basketball player. But you think he would have mentioned it because like that guy actually was like uh, he's in the very end of uh, Predator. He's he's the helicopter pilot, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous because he's like seven foot tall. I don't know how he could fucking fit in a helicopter. Right. But he actually he actually tragically died of uh, AIDS uh, not long after that because he had to get a lot of like um, blood transfusions. Oh. So you think he would have been memorable to Arnold for that at least? But no, it's just the seven foot tall basketball player. Oh, wow. Like I, 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 I don't know anything about the guy, and I know this much information. He worked with him for like probably like a few months, like fighting him constantly. Fuck. Yeah, it was a, ori- and it was originally it was supposed to be Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I think he was on set for one day. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so he died from AIDS uh, due to blood transfusions. Was he uh, friends with uh, the uh, the kid from uh, Mr. Belvedere? Oh, is that what happened then? No, that's the episode. Oh, of okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I, I forgot that's how that kid got it because he had. Didn't he have uh, what was it? Hemophilia. Yeah, he was a hemophiliac with AIDS. I wonder if that's what funny, the guy. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He was like, he was like weaponized AIDS. I think is yeah. how he described it. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's what this guy had or what, but yeah. So it's just kind of funny they didn't. Um, yeah, back to Die Hard. I mean, it's like I, it's my favorite thing to do when the kids go to bed. You know, uh, I just uh, you know turn it on. Uh, I usually drink. I don't even drink this year because uh, I don't know. Yesterday I drank way too much. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't even think. But because I, I hadn't drank in like a month or two, actually. Oh my so, god! So oh, I'll just you, you know okay? drink the normal amount. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll just drink the normal amount. You know, that I drink. Um, and apparently my tolerance had dropped off very severely, much like the writing career of the guy who did the Running Man. Right. And I, and like my wife's like, do you remember taking your shirt off at dinner? I'm like, no. <laughs> don't remember. I'm like, I bet it's because I was hot. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you, you were hot. I'm like, okay. So yeah, it was like, a, like, like it was like, I, like I didn't, I like compared to what I would drink normally, it was not even like a you know a notable amount, but it mm-hmm. just knocked me. Like I literally like blacked out because I don't remember that at all. Do you ever watch Archer? No. Okay, because you kind of remind me of Archer from Archer. Because he's basically into archery. Well, he basically he's a spy, but he basically just drinks like constantly, you know. So it's like it's always like a joke where, um, you know, they're like, hey, "Are you drunk or whatever?" He's like, "Come on, I've only had you know, I've only had ten. 
I wouldn't think I. I wouldn't think I'd say I drink constantly or did you no. know, back when I was drinking more. Yeah. But I would say I drink very heavily because, like, I drink very fast to begin with, and also I'm a you know I'm a larger person, uh, which is a nice way to say that I'm overweight. Um, and so I, I and I'm tall as well to begin with. So I mean, it's like I have a higher tolerance from that as well. So, like, my tolerance is, like, really ridiculous. Like, I mean, yeah. it was at least. It's not now. But, I mean, it was, like, it was crazy because, like, it'd be, like, I could drink, like, I mean, like, a six-pack wouldn't even, like, get me, like, starting to feel drunk. Right. But then I realized that I, I shouldn't do it with hard liquor because, like, I would drink so fast I would just, like, you know, black out like I did yesterday. It was yeah. just, like, weird because it's, like, eh, like, I basically have to go to the bathroom, like, 500 times, so I just don't even want to drink, you know? Yeah, I, I, I hear that. So real quick, um, I want to say that somehow I got on this article from looking up the diehard porn parody. <laughs> this is like, uh, I'm not going to do all of them, but uh, I've only seen the first one too. This, so I don't know how funny these are. But the, it says 35 hilarious porn parody titles that prove nothing is sexier than puns. Um, but the first That's one, not true at all. But the first one is... Uh, it's, it's appropriate for the time of year. It's, uh, tits, a wonderful life. <laughs> that, that's a good one. It says George Bailey, eat your heart out. And then it says <laughs> it's a X, X, X mistradition. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, the next one is American booty. Yeah, eh. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> This one, this one's funny just because of how stupid it is. Ass Ventura Crack Detective. <laughs> that is really bad. And then the tagline says, did somebody call for backup? <laughs> I, think, uh, I think my favorite and yours possibly as well is Taco Bell's. Yes. Which, first of all, what are you parroting? You're parroting a restaurant? That's weird. Right? I don't think anyone does that. Oh, my God. And uh, according to the cover, these ladies were not bells. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, God. How about the Da Vinci load? Oh, that's a good one, too. Mostly because they wouldn't think of parroting the Da Vinci code. Right? Here's another one that I think is weird that they parodied. Evil Head. Uh, That's weird. It's an Evil Dead parody. And like the women on the cover look like, like, I mean, like it's not a bad makeup job. They look like the monsters from the Evil Dead. Is that somebody's fetish? I bet Ted Raimi's did it. Oh my God, fetish. Uh, This is on the same subject sort of. I was reading an article where like they say a single man. Okay, I have to try not laugh when I say this because it's ridiculous. Mm Mm-hmm. A single man is responsible for uh, the genre of porn known as Sea Monster Porn. Oh my god! Sea Monster Porn. Like, there's this company that he like you could pay, I guess, to make like a custom video. And I think the guy lives in Germany, which is a shock to no one. Right. And he like, uh, <coughs> sorry if we have any German listeners. Yeah. But you know how you are. You know you know you're fucked up. Yeah. Just um, like the Japanese with their porn too. Yeah. I guess, I don't know. Any Axis power in World War II? Yeah, you know, I, I bet the Italians are up to something weird, too. Yep. Spain? Yeah, Romania. Oh, those fucking Romanians, I don't even want to talk about that. 
I don't even know where, where I was going with this uh, topic at this point. <laughs> I don't remember either. <laughs> no, one one guy was responsible for us. Uh, oh yeah, yeah like, uh, but so like he he pays this company, you know, in America to make like people dress up like sea monsters and like have sex with like humans. Oh god. Okay. And so like this one person like just basically created this whole thing. It was just very weird. Oh my god. So just like just up. like just like what are the odds of you being able to see something that only you find attractive, you know, in the first place? I mean, wow, you find a company that do it, and then you're not satisfied that you were able to get even one video, you just make multiple ones? Oh, shit. Oh, sea monsters. That man's name? Guillermo del Toro. Yep. That's what I was thinking, too. Well, do you think he got the fetish from that movie? Maybe. I don't know. That movie I don't know when terrible. he started. I mean, I can't say it was terrible, but The Shape of Water should not have won this picture. It looks it looks really intriguing to me because I'm a big fan of uh, Guillermo del Toro, mm. and uh, also like it looked cool in the previews. But like, I walked in at the, the complete worst mo- moment. Like, uh, I tur- it was on HBO, and I turned it on, and you just see like the fish and the woman like having sex in like a shower, and like yeah. the water is just filling the entire room. And it's like this is a fucking dumb movie. Where I'm sure like the buildup was like where you know you could like kind of have a payoff with that as the suspension of disbelief, but. There's yeah. there's stuff I like about that, like uh, the atmospheric nature of it, and the you know how it's it takes place in the past, and I think a lot of the art direction and, and costume designing and stuff like that's very good. Cinematography is actually yeah, it looks it looks like the it looks like the art design was really good, and like it it was the preview was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean there there it has a lot of things going for it, but no, I couldn't I couldn't get over the fucking a fish thing either though. Yeah, the. I mean, he's like a director where I'll eventually see any movie he makes, you know, if it comes mm-hmm. across. Like Quentin Tarantino, I still haven't seen the unhappy, unhappy, the hateful eight. But I mean, I'll get around to watching it at some point. At some point, I'll watch it. <laughs> That'd be a very different movie. That's the, a porn parody. The slightly peeved eight. <laughs> the uh, the porn parody is the grateful eight. Inches. Oh, God. I'll tell I'll tell you, sir. Uh, I uh, <coughs> I dislike that you're using the N word, uh, you know, uh, in front of me. But uh, but I'll defend your right to use it. <laughs> I'm slightly upset about this, but right. This one uh, is a lazy title. Um, but there's the tagline is what I want to talk about. Forest Hump, which you know, I mean, obviously. Meh. That was yeah. I think a TV show like Mad TV did that. But here's the here's the tagline: My pants are like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. What does that huh. mean? <laughs> Is that like a hermaphrodite thing or something? Maybe I guess. Like I don't know what the fuck that means. Unless so I figure if you're gonna come up with a you know a concept like that, you should probably be more mainstream, like pornography wise. Because mm. I mean, it's not like it's not like you're gonna like, be a fan of like stupid puns and hermaphrodites. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I feel that that should be very clearly labeled because for some reason, I mean, I would, it'd just be weird, but I mean, some people would legitimately be upset by that. <laughs> There's a lot going on on this one. So video, I, I mean, I have to read every single thing that's on here. I think video team presents a Paul Norman production starring Jenna fine and sexy Nicks, a number one seller. Uh, from Adult Video News, Edward Penis Hands. Matt's actually seen that movie. Then it says a parody underneath it. Uh, the picture 
is hilarious. It looks incredibly 80s. The guy that they got to be Edward Scissorhands does look a, a pretty pretty good facsimile of Johnny Depp in that movie. But then there's a quote on here that says, the ultimate porn parody, dot, 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 funny and volcanic. Oh, no. What? <laughs> That's yeah, from Jeremy Stone. Jeremy Stone, Adam Film World. What does probably, that mean? Probably these are like giant loads. There's this guy at the Howard Stern show. Uh, his name was Richard. Is Richard Christie? Like he like mm-hmm. was obsessed with like the size of like a porn <laughs> porn star's load, and he would he would describe it as like going off like a volcano sometimes. Oh Jesus! So maybe that's like some weird like you know again like some weird subgenre that they're just kind of you know stabbing in there and hoping that you like both of those things. Maybe. How about this one? Honey, I blew everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> and it's a it's a picture of a woman standing between uh two men uh wearing briefs they're wearing uh brief underwear tidy whities another uh one that matt saw was called the penetrator which is like you know <laughs> take on the terminator uh-huh. and, he, and he told me that ron jeremy played the uh the, the kyle reese role mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't know. it didn't sound that great how about you you're a big fan of this the original anyway uh game of bones yeah. Game of Thrones basically is a porn parody of itself anyway, isn't it? Yeah. There's very few women on there that I really would want to see in a porn, though. I mean, I don't find a lot of women on there attractive. Uh, Missandra, I think, is uh, very attractive. Mm. Um, hmm. Yeah, I can't really think of anyone else. Is this is this a is this a um a, a homosexual one? I want to know. It's Drill Bill. <laughs> Oh no! I, I guess instead of uh, instead of Kill Bill, this is also funny. The three. I thought it was a drill bit Taylor uh, parody at first. Well, he's got he's got a drill in his hands, um. So I guess maybe he's just a dude named Bill that has a drill. I don't know what he's gonna do with that drill, but oh, uh, they're gonna you know they're gonna rip off that part where he says I'm Chuck and I'm here to fuck. He just say I'm Bill <laughs> and I'm here to drill. Right. Or get drilled, I suppose. But it, you know how how Kill Bill, it's like I think it says something like the sixth film or the seventh film or whatever. Right? I guess I yeah, it must be the sixth film by Quentin Tarantino. This one says the three hundred and fourteenth film <laughs> <laughs> by Dirk Yates. Probably That's that right. afternoon, Drill Bill Volume One. <laughs> yeah, they seem like they crank those out. I wonder if like they reuse the footage in different movies and they consider that another movie. Maybe. Like maybe while they have like the two ladies there, they'll just like put clothes back, like different clothes back on them, and they're like, "All right, go ahead and do this real quick," and then they'll just edit that into something else. It's probably how they churn them out so quickly. Right. Oh, this one's not good. Like this is this is this is beyond lazy. Ir four, it's in Rearance Day instead of uh-uh. Independence Day. Sure. Like what the fuck? In the end. We all come together. Uh-huh. Uh, how about inspect her gadget? Uh, this is from Tranny Factory. Oh, I think that uh, that's obvious enough that you'll know what you're getting into. Right. Legally boned. Well, I guess that, that's that's that wasn't produced by Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> This one's got to be a gay one. Raiders of the Lost Arse. 
<laughs> it's uh, you know, the English uh, version. Maybe. Well, the reason I, I think the reason I think it is is because it's three dudes on the cover. Oh, oh, I know that pictures. And the two standing behind the one guy that's kneeling down in front both have their hands on his shoulders. So it, oh, Lord. it, it definitely seems like it's. Uh, seems kind of. That's not the. Uh, that's not the cover of a heterosexual pornographic movie. Right. Oh, okay. This is dumb too. Napornian dynamite. <laughs> yeah, that's not even trying. Uh, this time everybody gets laid. Really? Okay. So that's. Stupid. Is it? Is it the band from uh, PCU? It should be. Yeah. Oh, um, no, that's what they're called. Everyone, everybody gets laid. Yeah, they change their band to that at the end. Tonight at the pit, everybody gets laid. And Gunner was still a fucking tool. Now here's the way to do it: Night of the Giving Head. But they don't look like zombies. They just look like you know. Oh, I was, I was, worried. I was, I thought Night was like K and I G. She was trying to figure out what the fuck is being parody there. <laughs> oh, here's the penetrator. <laughs> Nice. It says is, is Rob Jeremy in it? Well, no. The guy the guy looks like Val Kilmer as Iceman from uh, <laughs> from Top Gun, and he's standing behind uh, a woman bent over with some just some blonde chick. Um, the tagline is "I'll come again" <laughs> instead of "I'll be back." Oh, I bet Arnold Schwarzenegger thing I was telling you about. Like, uh, he was talking about when he first got it. He's like, "Yeah, that doesn't sound right to me. How about I? I will be back." <laughs> And then when he said it, it sounded so dumb. Right. He's like, he told James Carey, he's like, no, I'll, I'll do the writing on this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, a lot of these are... I mean, I feel like I could write some better ones. Oh, hey, I'm a big fan of Quantum Leap. Uh, here's a, the porn parody. Quantum Deep. Yes, that's the, that's the way I go to. Uh, San... San Fernando Jones and the Temple what? of Poon. Uh-uh. <laughs> that was, this one's got Ron Jeremy in it, too. <laughs> nice. Good for him. Uh, uh, but yeah, so Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Watch it tomorrow. Or today, I guess, is when you're going to hear this. Yeah. That's what I do. What? Absolutely yeah. watch it. Oh, speaking of David... Oh. It's real quick, speaking of David Lynch. <laughs> here's the Twin Peaks parody. Twin Cheeks. Nice. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so uh sorry, I'm no. gonna go um so yeah, enjoy your holiday if you celebrate it or if you don't enjoy it as well. Um happy Kuji Jakaliwa. Yeah, happy, happy whatever Hanukkah, you celebrate. If that's, still, if that's still going on. Yeah. Oh, another another tradition is uh we watch the um the Futurama episode where they're we're sitting there at Santa's workshop. Oh, I love that one, yeah. I like all the Santa ones actually of Futurama. I like the I like the whole idea behind <laughs> behind Santa Claus, uh, like uh, everyone hiding from him and shit. Right, yeah. But yeah, I like I all the ones that I can remember that I've seen from Futurama, I I love their uh their Christmas episodes. Might might be my favorite Christmas episodes of, of any show, like recurring uh, you know, bit. Um but yeah, you know, watch Die Hard. Uh, I guess I, I guess we can say Merry Christmas again, right? <laughs> I, I don't know if the war's been uh, yeah. ended yet. Is it is it PC gone mad? Or... You know the you know the war on ninety eight percent of the population. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, you know we don't obviously we don't talk politics much on the show, but 
I will say, um, you know, if you want to know what we believe politically, you know, all that dumb shit that you guys <laughs> you believe, you listening, that the one person that I'm talking to, you know, all that stuff that you believe, we believe the same stuff. That's, that's all you really need. Even to more. Yep. Just yeah, we're we're even we're better at it. We're better at believing it than you are. We we have more conviction than you do. Just think that, yes. and that's all that really matters. Just think what you want to think, and just assume we think the exact same thing as you do, and everything will be fine. Just 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 do all the things you're supposed to do. Yep. All right. Well, we will. Uh, are you working? You're not working tomorrow, are you? Yes. Oh fuck. Well, you got to go then. Oh. Yes. That's what I just said. <laughs> but we will uh yeah, do all the stuff, tell friends, hey, leave us a review on iTunes. If you want to get us a Christmas gift out there in listener land, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps with the fucking algorithm or whatever it is. If if you know of any movies or TV shows that have inadvertent uh, shots of testicles, mm. uh please let us know. We'll feed him to Matt and we'll get him to come on the show. Yep, exactly. And and if you got if you live in the same city as Matt does and you have some comfortable chairs in your house, send them to the fucking library, okay? Yeah, the only form of socialism I approve of. All right. Well, we will talk to you uh, after the new year. Goodbye, everybody. See you later.